Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. Amen. I want to turn your attention very quickly to the book of Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to begin reading in verse 7. 7, 8, and 9. Galatians 6, 7, 8, and 9. And when you have it, just shout, I got it. Amen. The Bible says this in Galatians 6 and verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For... He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. This morning I want to start uh, a lesson and I I don't know how far I'll go with this lesson. um, But I want to begin to talk to you about sowing and reaping sowing and reaping would you pray with me this morning lord we love you so much we glorify your name we magnify your name we give you glory and praise i ask you this morning lord that you would just touch our hearts and our minds that we may hear your word and not only be hearers but doers also and we'll be careful to give you praise in jesus name would you put your hands together and give god a shout of praise before you're seated amen Amen. Again, thank you. You may be seated. Thank you for being at Bible study this morning. Um, If you are uh, a member here or you're a saint here and uh, you understand that Sunday mornings are a time that we um, just go straight into the word. We focus on word. We focus on the scripture, focus on biblical context, and um, we try to cut out a lot of the fat and just go straight to the meat. Amen. So I thank you for being at Bible study. It does my heart well to see you in the house of the Lord. Amen. I want to talk to you uh, this morning and maybe for the next few weeks on uh, sowing and reaping and the laws of sowing and reaping and what that looks like in our flesh and what that looks like in our spirit. In our reading today in Galatians chapter 6, Paul is writing to the church in Galatia and he's writing to them and he's wanting them to understand that there is a law of sowing and reaping. There is cause and there is effect there is consequence to every action there is a reaction and uh, he starts that conversation by telling them that they should not be deceived that God is not mocked and uh, that that's kind of a tough way to start a conversation Uh, but I believe that he is trying to reach to their minds and and let them understand that they should not let their minds be deceived to the fact that God is not mocked that whatever you sow, you shall reap. And I think that many of us uh, are just like the church in Galatia that Paul is writing to, to confirm to them that they should keep their minds sober, that they should not be deceived in the fact that whatever 
you put your hand to and whatever seed you sow, it, it's coming back to you somehow, some way. There is a easy road to take in the concept of deception of sowing and reaping. Whatever comes into your world, whatever comes into your life is not always, uh, you know, the devil's not always, you know, bad versus good or darkness versus light, evil versus the goodness of life. But a lot of times we deal with the repercussions of our decisions. And, uh, you know, I was talking to uh, some people a while ago, it just been several years ago, and they were, they went down this whole list of generational curses and they were talking to me about generational curses, which, you know, a generational curse, I have very little scripture for generational curses. Um, it's just not, there's not a lot of it in there. We, we, there, there are people who tried to curse God's people, tried to curse their, their seed and their generation. And I, I, I let them finish their conversation about all the generational curses in their life and what their mom did, what their dad did, and the generational curses that were on them. And when they were finished, I just, you know, very simply told them, I said, well, I feel like what you are describing as generational curses, I would describe as generational choices. Uh, because a lot of times it's not a curse. It's just a choice. You chose bad, you reaped bad. You sowed ugly, you reaped ugly. And that's not a God thing. That's a you thing. It's not, it, God, God's not mad at you, so you're reaping something bad because God's like up in heaven shaking his finger and he's angry with you. It's just you made a bad choice, and now you're living with that bad choice. You, you know, we, we, we say it all the time, things like, you made your bed, now you got to lie in it, you know? I don't, I, don't, I, I don't like that. I'll be honest with you. I don't like that. I don't like that in my life. But I, I have lived that in my life, that I've made choices. I've sowed a choice. I, that was my seed. It was my seed to sow. No, no one made me do it. No one held a gun to my head. No one uh, enticed me with money or finances or power or position. It was just totally my idea. And I didn't ask nobody advice. I did not seek counsel. I did not seek wisdom. I was just like, I want this. I'm going to do this. And I did it. And then later on, all hell broke loose because it was a really bad decision. And it profited me nothing coming to the altar and asking Jesus to take the devil away in my life. Oh, I'm just under attack. The enemy's attacking me. No, no the enemy ain't got nothing to do with this one, baby. And, you know, the enemy's way over here. He's on vacation. He's laid up on the beach. He ain't worried about you. You are doing a great job all by yourself. Because what you, whatever seed you put in that ground, it's going to grow. It's going to grow. And so the law of sowing and reaping, I, I, I hear what Paul is saying when he says, be not deceived. Because it's easy for us to deceive ourselves and believe that nothing bad can happen to me. You know, that this is going to all work out, that this is going to be good. This is why the Bible tells us that in the multitude of counsel, there is wisdom. Because you need to hear it from all angles before you do it. Now, if you're going to go buy a stick of gum, you probably don't need counsel for that. You know, if you're going to, you know, um, 
go buy a car, uh, you know, you may want to ask a few questions. And, I'm, and, and when I say counsel, sometimes counsel can just be, you know, going on Google and reading some reviews and seeing what people are saying. And I mean, that's good counsel sometimes to understand, to, to get, you know, don't just be willy-nilly with everything in your life. Seek counsel on major decisions, buying houses, buying cars, who you, who you date, not just who you marry, who you date, because you shouldn't date somebody if you would not consider marrying them. Amen. These are, these are things that you should seek counsel on. You should ask, hey, what do you think about this? How do you think about this? And then you should take that counsel into consideration. And if, once you've considered all angles, it's totally your choice. It's your seed. But you got to know, you have to know, be not deceived, be not deceived that if you put that seed in the ground, it's going to grow. There's, there's people that got packs of seeds in their house right now, and they've had them for years and years and years because they've been telling themselves they're going to plant a garden. For years and years, they've been lying. They've been lying to themselves. And, and that seed is still a seed in that pack. It ain't going to grow. ain't going to do nothing. And it, it can sit in there for years and years and years, and it still may work. Am I right, Brother Cannon? You might put it in the ground and my brother work. You know, Brother Cannon's here. He'll tell you about planting seeds. He knows all about it. And that pack, that pack of seeds, it can stay a pack of seeds forever. Never become anything but a pack of seeds. But if you take one of them seeds out and you make a decision, I'm going to put this in the ground, I'm going to sow this seed into my life, you got to know that that thing is going to grow. And if you don't want apples, don't plant apples. If you don't want squash, don't plant squash. You, you cannot, there is no way to plant an apple seed and then be mad that you got a watermelon. Because that is not how nature works. You can't be mad at the ground. You can't be mad at the wind. You can't be mad at the rain. You can't be mad at the soil. Only person you can be mad at, I should have read that pack better. I should have. You know, I got my seeds mixed up. That's on me. And you can't just be mad that you didn't get what you sowed. Because you're going to get what you sowed. He said, God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. Whatever a man soweth, that. Whatever it is, that's it. That's what you're getting. You sow time, you're going to get time. You sow finances, you're going to get finances. If you sow goodness, you're going to get goodness. If you sow education, you're going to be educated. Whatever you sow, whatever you put in that ground, it's going to come. It's going to come back to you. And we cannot be deceived into thinking that we can live life and just make random decisions, not seek counsel, not understand, not seek the word of God, not seek the face of God, not seek the counsel of God and the counsel of God's people and then expect beautiful things to happen. That's not the law. And when Paul is telling the church in Galatia that you should not be deceived, he is trying to get them to understand. He's trying to get them to understand that you need to keep a sober mind when you're planting seeds. Keep a sober mind when you're making 
life decisions. See, I learned a concept a long time ago, and if, you, if you're uh, you know, on top of your game today and you're taking notes and you have a piece of paper, you can just draw a line right down the middle of that piece of paper. And on the left side of that line, you can write amoral, A-moral, it's amoral. And on the other side of that line, you can write immoral. And if you, if you got a big enough piece of paper and you want to, you can do this in your mind. On the left side of the amoral, on the right side, you can write immoral. And on the left side, you can write moral or, or, or good. What, what, what the Bible would call righteousness, doing things right. You know, righteousness is not necessarily a, a biblical concept. If you look up the word righteousness, it means right. Right living, right behavior, right belief, you're, you're doing things right. And so you have this, this list of things in life called amoral. It is neither godly or ungodly. Driving a car is amoral. That's, it, 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 there's, there's no goodness in driving a car, and there's no inherently bad driving a car. If you drive that car while you are under the influence of alcohol, now we've made that car drive immoral. I took an amoral activity and I sowed, I took that seed out of the pack and I sowed it in the immoral ground. That's an amoral activity. It's just a seed in the pack. And no, no dirt, no way of growth, but I, but I took that amoral activity and I made it a bad activity. Or if I'm driving down the road, listening to stuff I shouldn't be listening to or talking to people I shouldn't be talking to, I've, I've taken that activity and I've done something bad with it. Even though that activity is not inherently evil or inherently good, I'm the one who decided to make this amoral event either moral or immoral. If, I listen, if I'm driving down the road and I'm listening to a, a preacher or listening to Christian music and I'm using my car ride to worship God or pray or talk to God, I've taken that amoral activity and I've sowed that, that seed in the pod, I've just sowed it into good ground. Now, if I don't do anything, if I just drive and I'm not using that time to do anything, whether it be moral or immoral, it's still an amoral event. I'm just, it's amoral. Music, I believe that music is amoral. I don't believe there's, there's no such thing as devil's music. I just don't believe that. Because Satan did not create music. God created music. Satan perverted it. Okay? But music is amoral. That's why a lot of times people just listen to jazz or they listen to something without lyrics. Because lyrics make it what you say, what you add to it. The, the, the music itself it's just amoral. There's, I mean, somebody say, well, I don't listen to that. You know, even though it's just music, I know those people are bad people. Well, Beethoven was a bad person too. He was not a godly man. Read his life. Mozart was definitely not a godly man. He was very, very eccentric and had a lot of questionable activities. But we listen to Mozart. Mozart's fine. You know why? Because it's just amoral. The music itself is amoral. It's, not, it's not, nothing inherently wrong with it. Nothing inherently good with it. When you start adding in a lyric, when you start adding in, you know, concepts of either infidelity, drug use, alcohol use, adultery, disrespect, 
unkindness. Now we've taken an amoral event, we've taken that seed out of the pack, and we sowed it into bad ground. But you can take that same music, same music, and you can add words that uplift people or uplift God or uplift worship to God. And now we've taken an amoral event and we've made it moral. We've made it righteous. Same, you could do the same music. Like if you want, uh, the, like ba back in the 60s and 70s, all of the church music, all of the church music, every bit of that church music, you could hear it on the radio and it was the, the, the same music, just different words. They, they did the same thing back then that we do now. We borrow music, we borrow ideas from everything and everybody. And all of those old hymns in the book, all of those old, old hymns, you know, that, that, that we love to sing, all the music for those hymns were just a huge bite off of a lot of classical Baroque style music, 60 beat per second Baroque style music, all, all of that stuff. Then sings my soul. Like, that's not original. That music is Baroque style classical music. Somebody added words to it to make it a great song for God. The seed in the pod, am I making sense today? Okay. The seed in the pod is just a seed in the pod. It's me. I make the decision on where I sow that seed. I can make that seed a good seed that helps me uplift others or uplift God or uplift myself in God. Or I can take that same seed and I can sow it in ground that is defiling, evil, unrighteous, ungodly, un, un, unashamed. I can, I can take that and I can make it uh, nasty and grungy and cringy. I can make it all those things. It, it's up to me. I am the sower of the seed. Here's what we have to understand is that Paul is trying to get the church in Galatia to understand, don't be deceived. You're, you're the sower. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap it. And so when you take an amoral event, you take an amoral event and you sow that, that decision, that, that activity, that, that lifestyle, that day-to-day -day event. This right here, ladies and gentlemen, is an iPad. There is nothing good or bad about this machine. It is amoral. It is just a tool. This is no different than a hammer or a saw. It's no different. It's a tool. It's, it's, it's amoral. There's nothing inherently. This piece of material right here is neither good or bad. It has no soul. It has no life. I am the sower of the seed. I get to make this piece of machine good or bad. This is just a seed in the pack. I get to sow this seed wherever I want to sow it. I can take this right here and I can use it for Bible study. I can use it for teaching and preaching, which is literally 90% of what I use it for. I'm, I'm not a big iPad guy. And so I did literally, this all, pretty much all I use this for is teaching, preaching, studying. I have a lot of good Bible apps on here and that's what I use it for. That's my decision because I'm the sower. I use this, but I could take the same seed and I could sow it in background. I could watch stuff I shouldn't watch. I could listen to stuff I shouldn't listen to. I could, I could take this. I, could I can make this evil. I can make this evil. 
I can take it and I can put evil things on it and I can set it before my eye. And the Bible tells me that I should set no evil thing before my eye. It's my choice to make this good or make this evil. It's me. I am the sower of the seed. Be not deceived. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. You, whatever you sow, that shall you reap. There are many things in your life that are just like this iPad. Many things in your walk with God that are just like this. Driving a car, music. There are a lot of things in your life that are not necessarily good or evil. You as the sower, you get to decide where I sow that seed. You get to make that. Here's what he says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 11. In Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 4. I'm going to begin in verse 4. Here's what he said. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. He said, as thou knowest, he said, as thou knowest not what is the way of the spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. This is important because Ecclesiastes is telling us that we don't, we don't really know how that seed is going to come up. It, it, it's our job to sow it in good ground. There, listen, there's been things that I've sown. There's been seeds that I released in the bad ground. And thank you, Jesus. It did not come back to haunt me. Anybody in this room want to testify? I'm not going to give you the microphone. We don't want to know everything. But some of us have made some really dumb decisions. And we're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. It didn't grow. You know, thank you, Jesus, it didn't. Because, you know, just like a farmer who plants seeds, every seed don't take. Every seed don't take. And there's been things that I've done that have been very good. I, I felt that they were very moral. I, I felt like they were great things that I did, and nothing ever became of it. You know, it didn't, it didn't take like I wanted it to take. I, I made decisions and, and did activities and, and put myself out there, sowed the seed, and it really didn't take. But what God is saying is, you don't know what will grow. So now I'm not talking about planting seeds in, in, in the evil ground. I'm talking about planting seeds in the good ground. Because here we are also deceived and we believe that we're going to hold back our seed because we don't know for a fact if it's going to work in our favor. And there's a lot of people holding seed, holding talent, holding gifting, holding finances, holding ability, you're holding it because you are you are you want to be a hundred percent sure that it's going to grow. But God says in Ecclesiastes, He says, "Look, you don't even know how the bones form in the womb of a woman. Like you can't even explain that. So, in the morning, open your hand. In the evening, open your hand, because I am the Lord of the harvest." And I will cause to grow what needs to grow. There are a lot of things that I've invested, my time, my energy, my effort, and they haven't always worked out. But it was always worth my time, always worth my effort, always worth my ability, even though I didn't see what I thought I was going to see. Every seed is not going to grow 
but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't sow. You see, we want to be deceived and not really understand that all the bad seeds we sow, they have the, they have the potential to grow as well. But when it comes to the goodness of life and, 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 and the things of God and, and the ability to sow into the kingdom of God, whether that be time, energy, effort, finances, life. You know, when you start saying the word sow, everybody starts thinking money. And they, and they turn you off. They're like, oh, he's going to preach about money this morning. Turn him off. But, but listen, money is a very small part, part of, this, of this lesson. Because I believe time sometimes is more valuable than money. And ability and gifting. Yeah. See, right now at Truth Chapel, uh, we always need money at Truth Chapel. But right now we need volunteers. I need, I need your time. I need people to volunteer for the usher team and volunteer for the parking team and volunteer for a security team. And you're not going to, you know, have a big flashy job. It doesn't come with the microphone. But I need your time. The church needs your time. Not just me. I'm, I'm saying me, but, but, but that's an erroneous statement. The church, the kingdom of God needs your time. We need people to help in Sunday school. I need time. I need you to invest time. And I know you want to be in here and be in here for every song and for every message, and you want to get, 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 get. But you have to understand there's a divine balance between the fork and the field. And if you sit around the table all the time, all you do is eat pretty soon, you're going to be one of those people that are talking, well, I don't like, I don't like the way that, you know, I just wish we did things differently. Because people who sit around the table are picky. But people who serve in the field, they're never picky. Because they're always hungry. Yeah, serve. Find a place to serve. That seed, I promise you, will be sown in good ground. That seed will grow into something that you may not know what it may grow into. Relationships, friendships, connection. Being, con you know, some people say, well, I just don't really feel connected here. Well, where are you serving? I don't really feel connected to this church. I just don't really feel like I, you know, like I fit in. I just don't, I don't really have any connections. Where are you serving? What is your job description? Well, I don't really serve. That's probably why you just don't feel connected. Because you have nothing holding you here. It's coming and receiving. And, 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 and that's great. We, we all need to receive. I need to receive. I received this week. This week I was at Indiana camp meeting, and all I was doing was leading worship. Thank you, Jesus. I led worship every night. And after worship, I got to sit in the front row with my notepad and got to hear Nathan Scoggins preach, and it was good. It was good for me to listen to someone else preach. I need to get, right? So I'm not, I understand we all need the ministry, but, but I promise you the food tastes better if your hands are dirty. And you know it is. Everybody in this room knows that. You know that the food tastes better when you put in a hard day's work, your appetite's high. You really don't care what's on the table because you're hungry. And you're like, man, this is good. It's, you know, I know you made this a thousand times, Pastor, but tonight is just really good because I've been working. I'm hungry. And hunger sometimes, hunger, hunger sometimes is the only thing that makes stuff taste good. But how can you be hungry if you ain't done nothing?
You have the ability to sow into your life in more ways than financially. Now, let me say this. If you want to sow financially, sow. Tithe. If you're, not, if you're not a tither, you need to get involved in tithing. Tithing is 10% of your income that belongs to the Lord. The Bible says that the tithe belong to him. He said, you have robbed me. And they said, Lord, where have we robbed you? He said, you robbed me, you robbed me in your tithing. Because that was, he said, mine. He said, now do that. Tithe and see if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. It's the only time in the Bible where the Lord says, try me. Try me. You always reap later and you sow now. This is a, this is a concept that, that I've always struggled with because I'm, I'm a little impatient. And so as I'm sowing into my life, if I'm constantly focused on the reaping, it makes the sowing bitter. My, I've, I've learned to shift my excitement from reaping to sowing. Because if you, when the seed leaves your hand, if all you're focused on is what it's going to finally become, and that's, just all, that's the excitement of what it's going to become, you are going to grow impatient. And you are going to want things to move a lot faster than they're allowed to move. But when you get excited about the sowing, more than the reaping, that's when fulfillment of life comes. People who are more excited about serving than getting. Listen, sowing is a lifetime. Reaping comes in phases. Sowing is every day of my life. Reaping comes in moments. And, and when we reap, we all know. We're excited to receive it. We thank God for it. We, we're, we, we celebrate it. We celebrate each other. We rejoice. Man, this is awesome. You've put in a lot of time. You deserve this. You deserve. And we celebrate the reaping. But sowing is an everyday activity. No one turns up the music for the sower. Everyone celebrates the harvester. There's no party thrown for the sower. It's always a party for the reaping. Even in scripture, there is no celebration for the days of planting. They're celebrating for days of harvest because there's no celebration at planting. And that's why we struggle to sow because we don't celebrate sowing. And what is celebrated is repeated. We know that. What is celebrated is repeated. But when there comes a shift in your spirit, when you say, Lord, I'm thankful to be able to sow. And I'm not so much focused on the reaping, but I'm grateful for the sowing. God, thank you for giving me the seed to be able to sow. See, when you start thanking God for the seed, something happens to the seed. My father has told me many times, because his father was a sharecropper. My grandfather, Isaiah, who died when I was only three or four years old, um, he was a sharecropper his whole life, lived in the tobacco field, planted tobacco. He discovered how to transplant tobacco. I have a newspaper clipping of my grandfather showing the South African government his, his 
uh, way of transplanting, growing tobacco early, getting it in, in the ground, and then being able to harvest early and harvest good. He learned how to transplant, and they brought the South African government to Lumberton, North Carolina, to meet Isaiah Chavis, my grandfather, so he could show them how to transplant tobacco. Because at that time, because of the arid uh, temperature in South Africa, they were not able to transplant. They, they had trouble planting tobacco. And this was back before the tobacco wars and everybody was planting tobacco. But my father would, would, has told me many times, after my grandfather would transplant the small plant, he would go out in the fields in the afternoons and he would just talk to it. He would walk through the field and he would just talk to it. He would talk to the, he would talk to the tobacco. And, and he believed in it. He believed in talking to the, the seed. Because he, he felt like the, that the seed and he, they, they were connected. That if he was good, the seed was good. And the, he, he felt like he could calm the seed down. And he, he felt a connection to the seed. And he would go talk. In the, in the afternoons, he would go talk to it. And when it would get higher, he said he would walk out in it and he would touch it. And he would rub the leaves and he would talk to it. He would talk to that, that harvest. And he would tell that harvest what it was going to do. Going to feed his family. Going to feed his children. Going to pay off this. Going to pay off that. He would tell the seed what it was going to do. You see, I believe that there is a, a harmony. And I believe that there's an anointing of sowing. Just like there's an anointing of reaping. The better sower you are, the better reaper you're going to become. When we sow, when we sow with angst, when we struggle to let it go, and when we do let it go, our spirit isn't right, we're going to struggle with reaping as well. But when you find the joy in the sowing, I said when you find the joy in the sowing, when you find the joy in the serving, when you find the joy in the giving, when you find joy there, it makes the receiving that much sweeter. When you find joy in letting the seed go, you will learn the joy of receiving that seed again. I want to read for you one more scripture. I'm going to be done. Proverbs 6 and Proverbs chapter 6. I'm going to begin reading in. Verse 16. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to end here. I'm going to kind of pick this up again next week, but I'm going to end here because I want to tell you the worst thing that you can sow. There is one seed that you can sow that the Lord hates. The sixth thing doth the Lord hate. You got you to get that part. These six things doth the Lord hate, and seven are an abomination unto him. So there's six things here that the Lord hates, and they're gonna, he's going to add one more on the end, and it's an abomination. Okay, There's six things that he hates, and the seventh thing is an abomination. And this is the worst seed you can sow. Are you ready? Anybody ready for this? A proud look. That'll preach in 2021. 20, a proud look. God hates people who look 
proud. Keep your nose up if you want to. But if it rains, you drown in first. A proud look, a lying tongue. Mm. Hands that shed innocent blood. That's why abortion will always be an abomination, no matter what the politics say. I don't care who you voted for, it don't bother me. But you need to understand, abortion is an abomination and God hates it because in order to abort, you must shed innocent blood. There's no way to abort a child without shedding innocent blood. So, the Lord hates it. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies. Those are the six things God hates. He hates those that speak lies. Look, listen, a lying tongue and a false witness that speaketh lies get in the same six. Don't lie. And don't lie on people. God hates it. And that seventh thing that's an abomination is he that soweth. What, what seed is it that you hate, Lord? What seed is it that you would call an abomination, that you would say, this is above hate? I hate these things, but this, this is another thing that I, this is an abomination to me. And the only seed that's an abomination to him is discord among brethren. That is an abomination. And we have to understand as a church body, not only just, just True Chapel, but I speak to the entire kingdom of God, that there is a seed that if you put it in the ground, God will hate you for it. And that is discord among brethren. When you try to sow discord, division among people of God, the Lord said, that's an abomination. And you don't want that seed to grow. Because if it grows, God is going to count the sower responsible. He's going to count the sower responsible for that seed. He that soweth discord among brethren. Lord, I want to plant good seed. If the Lord hates with all of his heart those that sow discord among brethren, I wonder how much he loves those that sows encouragement among brethren. You think about that? I always do that in the Bible. I always like to reverse something or opposite it. I'm like, if the Lord would put that much emphasis on how much he hates discord, I wonder how much he loves encouragement. And when brothers take up for each other, and when brothers rejoice with each other. And when, and, and, and when brothers come together in unity. He, you know what he called it? He called it the anointing oil that flowed down the beard. The, the Bible says when brothers join together in unity, there's oil there. There's anointing there. It's a spiritual thing. So if you have a seed to sow today, if it's in that pack, and it's just a seed, it's up to you where you sow it. I'm going to sow it in encouragement. I'm going to sow it in rejoicing. 
I'm going to sow it in the things of God. I'm going to sow it in the word of God. I'm going to sow it into God's kingdom. I'm going to sow it into God's people. Amen. Stand with me. Amen. Thank you for being here. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.